This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have... A whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor, and of course, our lovely Caroline Frost. Hello. This week, we're looking forward to, on Sunday, it's the Women's World Cup final, BBC One at the bright and early time of 10am, so nurse your hangovers with some coffee and give it a watch. At the time of recording, we know that Spain's definitely in the final and England, Australia is still to play. So we don't know who will be in the final for definite, but England have been playing remarkably well. I watched the game on Saturday and it was so much better than the Premier League football that I watched afterwards. (laughs) Um, So all I can say is the women are doing an incredible job. We have seen some slightly foul play uh, with a with a red card in the game against Nigeria. But in general, they are just uh, such an asset, I think, to England and have really encouraged women like me to get into football. You know, if you'd asked me, even two years ago, name 10 players, I couldn't Mm -hmm. have done it. And now they have firmly cemented my love of the game. So how many can you name now? Uh, Probably about 12. Oh, Yes, well, I have. I have. Uh, I've entered the world of fantasy football, which I'm sure lots of uh, listeners probably are also playing. And it's about to. Uh, Eleven men are going to decide my my happiness for the next however many months. So, <laughs> take me to the drama of the week, Caroline. Uh, well, I say this with a little bit of hesitation. This Ooh. is the reunion. I've been writing about this in the Radio Times. And in fact, a friend's parent has been in touch. Yes, the lady in Bristol, I mean you, um, saying, what is Caroline Frost doing? Because we we followed her into the battlefield. We read her choice. We ringed it. We watched it. It was terrible. Yes, that's how I roll. Apologies to the lady in Bristol. However, the reviews for this are of the it's so bad, it's good category. Okay. And I would have to agree, it's proper schlock. So um, we're halfway through the series now. You can catch up on ITVX. 
Episode three comes up this week out of six. I think you can tell where the narrative arc is going. Ewan Griffith plays a best-selling author, Thomas. Of course he's best-selling. Is there any other kind on TV screens? And he gets an invitation to the 25th anniversary reunion of his high school leaving, which is, of course, because this is a miniseries in the south of France. Cue lots of lovely vision of him, that Ewan Griffith, lovely blowing hair, elbow outside the open top vehicle, driving down a med on the one side, mountains on the other. But there is a mystery. What happened to the elusive Vinca 25 years ago? So Ewan is determined to unravel this mystery and there may be secrets being held by his inexplicably English-speaking parents despite living there all that time. There are many things to find fault with this show, but I say come for the story, stay for the scenery. Yeah, Caroline, you had me at uh, rooftop down. There we go. So you've got didn't have you at Ewan's billow, I didn't have you at Ewan's billowing hair. <laughs> it needs, a bit, it needs a bit more. All right. So, But let me know what you do think of the reunion, whether good or bad. I think it's so bad it's good, which is my highest praise. So <laughs> do let me know your thoughts. So I have something for you. Again, I think it is very much down to viewers' discretion if they're going to like this or not. And I think going into this, you probably know. This one is for Star Wars fans. We currently have our fantasy issue out in radio time. So if you are interested, we've got lots and lots of content for you in this week's issue of the magazine. Just as a bit of a public service announcement, Star Wars Ahsoka, the new part of the franchise. I remember when it just used to be in the cinema, but now obviously Star Wars is infiltrated trading the streamers as well. It's eight-part series starring Rosaria Dawson as an ex-Jedi on a quest. Um, and the first two episodes are available from Wednesday on Disney+. Plus. Caroline, not everyone is going to run and watch a fantasy programme. So what do we have to counterbalance? Take me to factual. Okay, a couple of cracking things. Both one-off documentaries. We both pick this, interestingly. We both provide our lists normally of a week, but and they're often quite different. Mm, what does that say? <laughs> anyway, this one united us both. Tommy Jessup goes to Hollywood. People remember him for his role in Line of Duty in series five and six. And he is a Down syndrome actor and he was assuming, quite reasonably, that the phone would ring with many more offers of work once he took a leading role in a primetime drama that got millions and millions of viewers. That wasn't the case. Mm. And he's asking the question, is he a rubbish actor or is he being discriminated against? And instead of sitting at home being bitterly resentful, he and his brother have made this uplifting documentary about Tommy's trip to Hollywood in the hope of being able to finance and launch a superhero movie with him in the title role. So uh, I think bravo to Tommy. Great news is the fact that since this article even came out in the last 24 hours, I've seen a couple of headlines, including Game of Thrones star Kit Harrington jumping up and saying, I support this mission. So um, oh. we've done good work at the Radio Times by having this feature. The documentary mm. promises to be as uplifting as everything he says in that feature. It's on Monday night, 9pm on BBC One. Yes, and I think you will enjoy, I think you'll find it uplifting, I think you'll find it inspiring, and I think it asks some really important questions about diversity in the industry as we know it, and making change for the better. So, well done, Tommy Jessup. We implore you all to go and watch it. We're not quite as powerful in the industry as Kit Harrington, but <laughs> we're putting our weight behind you. <laughs> for what it's worth, asterisk. 
Right, what else have I got? London Bridge Facing Terror, Thursday, 9pm, Channel 4. I don't know if you remember, three and a half years ago, 29th of November 2019, this horrific attack that took place on London Bridge. But uh, we heard about the horror of what happened where two people lost their lives, two young people who were there to do good, who were there part of a, a wonderful event trying to rehabilitate offenders and bring communities together. They lost their lives that day, but heroes did emerge from it. And this very moving documentary takes the accounts from Darren Frost, Stephen Gallant and John Crilly, whose lives had never converged before but met on that day as they joined to overcome the assailant and successfully until he was eventually shot down by police. So it's a gruelling tale. I mean, there's no happiness in it. What do they want to do in this documentary? Well, it's interesting that Darren Frost was a volunteer, but Stephen and John were both former offenders and they all give their accounts in this documentary and it's interesting to see how they've navigated that that status shift from sort of the pariahs of society to suddenly becoming overnight heroes mm. and so it just shows that you can't judge books by their covers and it is a story of hope ultimately although there is still much tragedy to bear with and where can i find that caroline I believe it's time for your film of the week. So this one, I was deliberating a lot on this. I looked through the schedules and I wasn't blown away by the film pickings of this week. Apologies to the schedulers. But I was thinking, what have I seen recently? And I had watched not very well. So um, as part of my recovery, I uh, sat down with a hot lem sip and I watched How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days on Paramount+. Plus. It's also currently showing on Channel 4 streaming service. So for those who are looking for something free to watch, you can watch it there. This is a old school classic rom-com. It is Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey in kind of their heyday. They play a couple who meet and she has to convince him to stop dating her in 10 days and he has to make her fall in love with him in 10 days. Now, the reason why I'm recommending this is because I... I'm a big lover of rom-coms, but I feel like the quality of them has gone downhill. And I think this has happened since you know, streaming services have commissioned more and more. Seems like an easy box to fill, but they're not often done very well. And when I say the classics, I'm thinking, you know, the films that made Richard Curtis famous, the reason why we love a British rom-com, for example. Um, and I wondered what you thought about this. If you also felt like there'd been a decline and that we actually need to go back and either re-watch these old films or if we need to start commissioning films with a great plot. I think that's what a lot of these are missing is they somehow think that rom-coms, I think often content for women, is marginalised as silly or uh, not as important. Obviously, they're not groundbreaking plots, but I think there is... Um, you once said this about Sex and the City and it really stuck with me. This idea of the comedy of these rom-coms and the cleverness of that and the real lure that they have when they're done well. Well, first of all, I'm really gratified and moved that you remembered something I said so long ago. So <laughs> just getting over that, having a little flush and a blush. Um, but I would say two things. One a little nugget of information, Rose Matafeo, who I believe you interviewed for next week's Radio yes. Times, she has written Starstruck, which is mm. a rom-com very much in those traditions. I read an interview that she gave at the weekend where she even said that she felt guilty for contributing to a genre that she doesn't feel is particularly valuable. Does it really give a good 
outcomes for women or are they just meant to look for a decent, tall, handsome man and that's meant to be the fairy tale ending? And she doesn't mm. necessarily think that that's true for women anymore. That might be true in your young 20s, that's what you believe, but as she's got older, her values have shifted. So if even the writers are yes. wondering whether it has any value, you've got to wonder about the value of the genre as a whole. But so secondly, true. I would also say... I think uh, the problems with rom-coms is that uh, quite a few of the things that used to happen as the meet-cute, that lovely circumstantial constellation of stars, which was how the two met, some of them don't stand up to 2023 scrutiny because it's all a bit post-Me Too, mm. is that exploitative? Look at something like, what should we talk about, Sleepless in Seattle? Is Meg Ryan a beautiful, lonely woman who's destined to meet Tom Hanks or is she a big old stalker? And I think that sometimes writers and producers trip over themselves these days and they are so busy trying to tick all the right boxes with possibly good intentions and also probably not wanting to get cancelled and judged very quickly on social media. And they do forget to be romantic and funny. We've talked about this. How does anybody ever meet their loved one at work anymore when the minute you say to somebody you look nice today you get yeah. frog marched off to HR so if that's happening on screen as well you can see why they have so many problems navigating these hoops but I do I do hear you I think it's interesting I well where will the next stories come from yes. I mean perhaps they will just evolve and take account of all of that I would love it if they could evolve and also maybe recapture some of that quality some of that you know, I, and I think what you're saying is so interesting. I never knew you could be so profound on rom-coms and it's really made my day. Um, but I, I think- I could be profound on anything for the I right know. price. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like you say, actually, if we could maybe just instill some of that old essence and some of that fearlessness, maybe they would come back. But anyway, that's food for thought. Let us know what you think. Write in, Radio Times. One more thing to say about that is that Kate Hudson is that the one where she's wearing that the miraculous dress. one yes that's where Kate Hudson is wearing the miraculous yellow dress yes but nothing else watch that film for a stunning frock yes exactly and do let us know what you think on the rom-com debate we would love to hear your thoughts that would be podcast at radiotimes.com Caroline let's take it to the archive Okay, so I'll start us off with a very swift reference to Hornblower because we talked about Ewan Griffith. I interviewed him a few years ago and he's a sweet fellow, I have to say, but also he did mention that it's quite hard getting roles when you look like him, he said. I thought, hmm, I'm just going to reach for the world's smallest violin. But what he meant was, I guess he is really distinctive. And this was his breakthrough role. He played Horatio Hornblower in the ITV series, which you can now watch in all its glory on ITVX. And I have to say, he must wonder what happened because he was destined for fantastic things on the back of this groundbreaking title role. I mean, he was a new hero for the ages. And he's ended up in the reunion, as we mentioned above. So watch Ewan in all his glory as Horatio Hornblower on ITVX. Our final offering from this week is The Last of Us. I've spoken about it before. I will never stop singing its praises. Episode three of this series is the best piece of television I have ever seen. Uh, it's currently available on Now. Craig Mazin, who brought us Chernobyl is the man behind this drama. It's based on a video game, doesn't tick everyone's boxes. 
when I give you the premise, which is Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey play an unlikely duo traversing a plague-ravaged wasteland. But it is really, really beautifully done. Give it a go. Even if your gut is telling you no, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Um, that's all from us this week. We hope you enjoy the football. Do let us know what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, any recommendations you think we've missed. You can catch us on podcast at radiotimes.com. Now, until next week, happy, happy viewing! viewing.